hit the shot from half court. court. MVP of all sports, coach put me in the game. You know I'm the truth on the field, bad up. Competition, know the deal, coach put me in the game. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the Staley English Kurtz Show. It's your man, Coach English, and I'm in the building with Coach Staley. Coach Kurtz is out once again. He's on that grind down there in Orlando. They work a little bit later, uh, apparently. But I'm in here with my homeboy, uh, my brother from another mother, Coach Staley. Uh, I see you, uh, you You about to get back in that gym. How's everything going this week, man? Oh, man, all is well. God is good, as always. We just got approved to start working out again. Like, So this is like definitely uncharted waters for me. Like, if we, we weren't able to do anything in the spring, the summer, and virtually the fall. You know, we're starting, but the season starts in two weeks, literally. So um, I met with my coaches and told them, you know, we got our work cut out for us. We can't sit and whine about what we didn't have. We just got to get it done, but all is well, man. How have you been, brother? And I've been good, man. We've been, we got approved about three weeks ago. So uh, by the time we got everybody physicals and COVID releases and everything else we had to get through as far as paperwork is concerned, um, got us back in the gym. We're not in the gym, but as far as con- just conditioning, um, you know, had an opportunity to pull the Vertimax out for the first time since last year. <laughs> this is technically like the first set of practices since February. So it's been um it's actually been nice. It's been refreshing to be back in there with the guys blowing the whistle. Um and it's a short, it's smaller groups, but it's still still been amazing. And um other than that, man, been working working uh working my butt off getting ready for the season that's in two weeks. Uh Josh, I got a question for you. Um and and I mean our guest is coming in soon and maybe he, and he's gonna touch on some things as it goes for this but in this time that we are right now like what is it that you would say to kids that are headed into tryouts kids that maybe didn't play last year didn't hit make a team last year and do you think there's more of an even playing field this year for them to have a better chance or like what would be some advice you would give just anybody walking into tryouts? Well, obviously, me giving them advice going into, going into trials is already too late. So it wouldn't really matter at that point because if you, there's nothing I could do for them going into trials. But at a time like this, and I tried to talk to as many kids as I could several months ago, several weeks ago, and told them just be prepared because we're at such a stopping goal moment. Like at any point, it can all stop and we got to go, or it can all stop and we got to stop. So, I just told the guys to be as prepared as possible. Um, to answer the question, the part about the playing field being even, I think, I'm going to be honest with you, I think it might be a little tougher. Because if you are not a guy that's not a gym rat, that's not a basketball fiend that's going to find your way to the outside court to do like my sons did and, heck, work out in the driveway um, almost every day, you're already going to be behind the eight ball because you're just not a basketball guy. So it's going to be even tougher because, unless they've been doing those things, but it's really hard to do those things. You don't have somebody guiding you the right in the right way. So it's just going to be a challenge all the way across the board. Um, honestly, for a young man or a young lady, some of the, one of the best things they could probably say to them right now, if you're a kid that didn't make the team you have been playing, if you had about a five or six inch growth spurt over the break, you know, <laughs> those people walking in the gym always catches the coach's eye, but hopefully they've been putting in the work and, with, and I hate tryouts, you know, I, I, I've never, and I would never be a coach to get his rocks off by stopping, um, you know, cutting the kids' dreams or aspirations short. You know, I never feel good about it. I, I just don't feel good. I don't even hang the names up. You know, I don't even want kids at school to know who got cut. But yeah. it's just it's, it's just tough all the way through, man. But honestly, like, if someone's going into trials looking for advice, it's already too late. They should have already um, seeked advice on what to do with the fact that we were out and really should have been, they really should have used the time to close the gap. Now they lose, use the time to close the gap. Then really, they're in a good position. But if they have it, they've been playing 2k 
all spring, summer, and fall, they're in trouble. Yeah, I agree with you. It's probably already too late. Um, Well, we're going to go ahead and uh, get into our guest. Uh, We are blessed uh, to have uh, one of the best guys I know, and I've had an opportunity to meet and sit down and talk with a number of times. Um, It's Coach Antonio Dean of Clemson University Men's Basketball. What's happening, Coach Dean? How you doing? Oh, man, the first time I got a round of applause in a very long time. Hey, man, it was people outside. It's the people outside. They was just, they, they couldn't wait. They couldn't wait to hear your name called. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm on it, man. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys for having me, man. It's a great platform, and I'm just happy to be a part of it. I, I appreciate you uh, taking some time out the schedule. I know it's... uh. I know it's crazy for you uh, this time, and you guys are trying to get navigate it all together. Like, what has been, and I'm going to kind of get into a couple of questions. What do you think has been the biggest challenge for you guys um, coming into this or dealing with this? Uh, you this know, time? Just, just the uncertainty, man, about everything that's going on. Obviously, man, when, you, when you're a college coach on our side, uh, you, know, you, you know, in high school, you guys are just with them just for a couple hours a day. Uh, you know, we got some kids that they're leaving home and they, their parents entrusting us with their with their kids. So uh, that first and foremost, first, first and foremost, we're just trying to keep keep everybody uh, safe and healthy, man. And that's the hard part. Uh, you know this COVID thing, man. You know we just got word that next week we're going to start testing every single day. So uh, kudos to Clemson, man, for making it a safe environment. You know all of our guys are going to class online, so they're not even in the classroom. So we're just trying to – my whole slogan is is to stay positive and test negative. So that's what we're trying to do. <laughs> yeah, I, I I never heard that one, but we're going to have to – we have to coin that one, Josh. Stay positive like, and like test negative. Mm-hmm. I like that one. It could be dangerous on the wordplay, but I like it. <laughs> um, you went from a player at Rhode Island, um, mm-hmm. uh, really good, had a really good career. And then now you're an assistant coach. Um, and we've asked a couple of coaches. We've asked uh, uh, other coaches that have played and then have made the transition over to coaching. What do you, What was the like maybe the hardest thing you've had to adjust to? And you've been doing it. For, you've been coaching for a while. But just yeah, for making for the tra- – thinking about – think back. What was the tra- the big – you know, the hardest part of the transition from player to coach? Well, the biggest part was actually out there playing – to sitting behind a desk. It's almost like you're confined, confined behind a desk. And if you're not used to that kind of life, you got to think about it. I played four years at Rhode Island, uh-huh. and I played nine years overseas. So I, I retired at 32 years old. So all I knew was basketball since the age of 10. <laughs> so me sitting behind a desk and can't work guys out because the position I was in was director of basketball operations. So couldn't get in the gym with them, couldn't watch film with them. It's like, what am I going to, what am I doing, you know? So, you know, it was just all a test. So the hardest part was that, that was the first part. But then once I became my actual coach, the hardest part was trying to trying to see the game through other kids' eyes. <clears throat> it's almost like I was a great rebounder and a great low post scorer. And trying to teach a guy who doesn't have the feel that I had, like, man, you, didn't, you couldn't see that? Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? So I had to kind of reprogram reprogram my mind to say, hey, you're a teacher now, and you're not playing anymore, and that's the hardest part. Hey, Josh, what you got? No, that, I, I think that's a, a great point he made, getting people to understand the difference between being a teacher and a player. You know, it's, 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 it's hard because as a player, you go, go, go as a teacher. It's strictly about patience and, and reaching other people. You got to get, you got to be able to reach other people mentally. It's just, it's, it's almost no physicality in coaching. You know, <laughs> the closest you get to coaching is physicality, probably the drills and the weight room, but everything else is mental. I guess, coach, once again, coach, thanks for being on the show. We really appreciate. It. I know you guys are super busy. My question would be this: from a recruiting perspective, as you guys have done a tremendous job of recruiting this state. How important is it for you guys at Clemson University to recruit the state of South Carolina? I think, man, that's a great question. I know it may sound crazy that I'm about to say this, but I think that's our number one priority right now. Um, I'm originally from Atlanta, 
So it's a bordering state of South Carolina. So I've always known the talent that's been in South Carolina. But for some reason around the country, it's not respected in the in the manner in which it should. Uh, these last couple of classes, we, we've really made it a, a focal point to, to keep these kids at home. I think that if you look at it now, the 22 and 23 classes in South Carolina got some of the best talent, not only in the Southeast, but in the country. And I think that we have to make, we got to do a better job. But first of all, we have to win and we have to make it where a kid that's growing up in South Carolina is watching that TV and saying, I'm a Clemson fan. And when I grow up, mommy, daddy, I want to go to Clemson University. And I think that we still have another step to go in order to get, get to that point. But uh, I, I do think we, we, we're on our way. Uh, I think we, we did a really good job in last year's class by getting PJ Hall. And, and I think we, I thought we did a good job this year too. So uh, I think the sky's the limit for us, but those 20, the 22 and 23 class, we, we're trying to, we're trying to hit some home runs in the state of South Carolina. I I agree. I agree 100%, Coach. I think you guys have done a great job recruiting the state. I do think the state has talent. And, you know, I'm not trying to be biased, but the proof is in the pudding. You know, y'all guys got people like Glad Trap on the team. Um, you got – I see you just um, – Josh Beadle just committed um, this fall. So, what well, the end of the summer this fall. So, you guys have been doing a very, very good job of recruiting the state. So, as high school coaches in the state, we value that and respect that because, you know, you know, the kid, a lot of kids do want to stay home and represent their state. They just want a chance. So we really appreciate that. No, thank you, man. Like I said, it has to start with us first, though. We have to make it where those kids want to come. And the first order of business of making a kid want to come is nobody wants to play for a loser. Everybody want to go to somewhere where they mm-hmm. – uh, my, my thing is everybody want to walk around school. When the, when the bell ring and they all in the hall and all in the hallway, everybody want to have on a T-shirt that they're proud of and want to get that respect. And hopefully kids walking around the state of South Carolina, they put their Clemson T-shirt on after they committed. You know, hopefully they get those same feelings that, that we get if we sign them. Amen, amen. Coach E, what you got next, Papa? Yeah, man, we're going to um, take some time, and we're just going to get into one of the topics we're going to talk about today. Um, we talked to Coach Dean. One of these things he wanted to talk about was pretty much, I think, something that everybody kind of needs to – because I'm going to be honest, it's, it's, it's different. Like, I, I don't know if we'll ever go back to what it was, but how how is it for you guys recruiting in the pandemic? Like, what has been the shift, the major shifts for you guys? I mean, <laughs> it, it was, it was, I've seen a lot of things in my lifetime. I've never seen anything like, uh, we literally, but I'll take a step back. Luckily we did our homework in the state and in our surrounding areas. We pretty much knew some of those kids already. And I think that made it a little easier, but recruiting off a of computer it's, it, it was it was very challenging. But we understood that it was either that or nothing. I would rather watch film and collect data that way than not not doing anything at all. Rather going off uh, scouting report, or a Twitter or word of mouth. At least there is some video evidence of you doing it uh, weekend after weekend after weekend. It was very challenging, man. I, I I will say, recruiting in person, you get to see the height, the weight, the mannerisms, how they interact with their teammates. You know, the, the video camera doesn't show you when they get subbed out and they're on the bench kicking and screaming. And uh, it don't show you them high-fiving their teammates. It don't show them yelling at the coach or the coach giving them a hug. It doesn't show, it doesn't show anything. Uh, it don't show how they are at halftime. So... What we're going off is basically on that video, and it's 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 a tough job, but I think we did the best we could. Do. Coach, I like I like what you said about just to piggyback on that. I want to elaborate on one of the points you made. You said 
the film doesn't show how a kid acts when they come out of the game, how they act at halftime, and not being able to recruit in person. Like you said, you can't read body language, how a kid responds to their parents on a visit. You know, none of that has anything to do with basketball. What would you say to these young players, to these potential recruits, on how important it is, the intangibles of recruitment, like attitude and body language and disposition? What, what, what advice would you give to them, Coach? I would say at their age, it's more important than you think. I would say everything you do can be scrutinized. And I think you have to, you almost have to have like, you, you almost like, we call it in a bubble. You, you literally are in a bubble. If you want to go and be recruited by a school or, or various universities, you're in a bubble. Like what, what you do, what you post on social media, I can't, I can't get to this point uh, enough, man. Like sometimes your social media can get you unrecruited. Like people don't understand that if somebody follow you, they see your story. They see your Snapchat. They see everything you post on Twitter. So when you're in part of that bubble, you got to, before you click, before you hit send, you got to really think if this is what I want out there in the world to be representing me. So you have that aspect of it. And trust me, man, we make calls to all the student athletes out there. We make calls, not only to your high school coach, not only to your AAU coach. I mean, I've spoken to assistant AAU coaches. I've spoken to high school math teachers about your character. Like to me, especially at a place where I am, I'm at the highest level of basketball and probably the smallest town in our league. It's 20,000 people in Clemson. So, what does that mean? Everybody in Clemson is going to know who you are. So if we bring a, a sketchy kid in that environment, he's going to stick out like a sore thumb. And that's the one thing we try to avoid. So your character, I would say, is probably in between that 40 and 60% range of your recruitment. Because every not, I'm not saying everybody can play. The talent is there for a lot of kids, but you know, can he fit in the locker room? Do we got to worry about him smoking and drinking and partying all the time? Does he show up? You know, I can't. I can't see a kid get recruited in the AAU game. He showed up late to the AAU game, so you are gonna show up late to the AAU game? And does that mean you are gonna show up on time for practice? You know, how are you with your teammates? Like all of that stuff, man, it matters. And I've seen some talented teams with some knuckleheads that don't reach their potential. And you can see some some kids over there that are doing the right things. But somehow they play together and they figure it out. And I'm not the dude that don't believe in giving guys second chances. But when I speak to you on the phone and I ask you why you posted this or why did some people are saying these things about you and you have a good explanation, like I want them dudes that will give you a second chance. So – Character, the way you are around your teammates, around your school, around your community, and your social media, that plays a big part in your recruitment. Amen, amen. And I'm, I'm, I, I really want the young players to understand that, you know, that has nothing to do with bouncing the ball or how many jump shots you can make because if you're not going to be coachable, if you're not going to be a person that's a, um, that enables yourself to be held accountable by others, Playing, playing sports, period, especially at the college. And if you want to be a professional at those levels, it's going to be very, very hard to make it through. If you just look at a guy like LeBron James, you know, he, you know, I'm not getting into it with Coach English this show about the GOAT debate, but <sighs> you look at how he handles himself off the floor, how he handles himself on the court, how he holds his family together, how he represents his family. Is he a perfect man? No, but that's a great example of how young players should look to hold themselves on and off the court because it's important. And it has a lot to do with your success because if you have a clear mind, it's easier to retain information and, and execute the game plan and, and the role that your coach wants you to execute to be successful. So I really appreciate that, Coach. That's, that's some really, really good advice that could be used. Coach, what you got? Yeah, um, with this, in this recruiting um, period and, and the uncertainty of, of, of – 
how to kind of navigate. Like when it first hit, like when it first hit, because I haven't had an opportunity to really ask this question to anyone. Like when the pandemic first hit and everything kind of shut down for you guys. Like what was the thought process there? Because you had some guys that you were probably recruiting real hard. And like what was the thought process? And once it hit, that made everything shift. Like what did y'all have to adjust really hard to do? Like what was the probably the most difficult thing to kind of really do? Well, <clears throat> you know, like like he was saying about the in-state kids. Mm. And just recruiting about all about the character. Sometimes you you learn about a person when they come on an official visit or unofficial visit. Yeah, they wipe that out. So you couldn't do that. All right, we couldn't go out to see them, so they wiped that out. Then they canceled July and they canceled they canceled April uh, recruiting period and they canceled July. So we're sitting back like, all right, we have four scholarships. And it's a big class for us. How are we going to recruit these guys? And I, I, I will say kudos to the state of South Carolina and particularly uh, people at the Upward Star Center, everybody that's around the Upward Star program from, you know, Curtis Wills, Sean Mills, everybody that was involved with it. They were the first, first ones around the country to live stream their workouts. When I tell you, I was staff playing that whole Saturday around <laughs> that that event. Like, I had goosebumps watching it because I'm like, man, these poor kids, they've been in the house all summer. We're all, all spring. Mm-hmm. And you got robbed from them. And the fact that they were able to come up with that creative idea to do that, and I think once they did that, it just it just streamlined all around the country and people started doing it. So to answer your question, the first thing that went through our minds were how are we going to see these kids? Uh, are they ever are they ever going to be able to come here for a visit? Are they going to come here early? Are they going to wait? What's going to be the rules on it? So we were kind of up in the air. I mean, it was uh, it was crazy, man. And to take you back, we were. This is how it all started for us. <laughs> we beat Miami. We beat Miami in the uh, first round of ACC tournament. Mm-hmm. The next day, we had Florida State. We had, you know, we beat them prior at our place at the buzzer. Yeah, I was so there. We, that was a good game. Yeah, so we were we were like feeling ourselves, and guys were talking trash in the in the hallway, and they made it where you know we went, we played Miami with no fans. It was only family and friends. Woke up that morning, Ivy League Council. And I'll never forget it. We was out there warming up. It was like 50-something on the clock. I saw Jay Billis walking in, just storming in. I said, oh, that ain't good. Oh, that ain't good. That ain't good, fellas. And they over there, like, like having a really high, like, very confrontational conversation with the commissioner of the ACC. I'm like, uh, I went back in the locker room like, Coach, that don't look good. Mm. So we just kept going. Everybody warming up. They they and they warm up line like, yeah. We were like, yeah. The chatter was going. It was empty gym. Yeah. It's ACC tournament. So we go in the locker room. 20 minutes. You know, 20 minutes on the clock. You know, you're giving your final whatever. Knock on the door. They came in there. Hey, coach, you got to see. They said, Coach, you got to see you. Coach talking to the team. They tapped me on my shoulder. I go to coach. Like, trying to get it to coach. They need you now. Coach, they need you now. He's like, hold on for a second. When he walked out, the play, the face, the faces on our players, I saw, I looked directly at Tevin Mack because he's a senior. Mm. And I looked at him, and the, the, the dejection on his face was just. They already knew. As soon as coach came back in and just to have to explain to those guys that they couldn't play, that the season was over, there was nothing we can do, everything is shut down. It was uh it was shocking, man, and it was something that I'll never forget. Yeah, that's uh <coughs> excuse me, it's like the world stopped. <laughs> it's like the sports world just stopped and it was going one by one by one. And I remember watching some stuff and just going, man, I, I hope we get it. I hope we get it back. Um, 
And I, I remember I, I was at the, the Florida State game, man. You guys were on a roll, too. Like, y'all were on a yeah. roll. Uh, yeah, man. <coughs> okay. Um, my birthday was the day before. Oh, wow. It's, it's, we beat Miami on my birthday. <laughs> the next day, it, it, was, it, was, it was crazy. The stars were aligned, and then it just stopped for you. Um, yeah. So you... Uh, <laughs> Uh, when we talked uh, prior to the show, um, we talked about uh, we're going to get into some of the NCAA rule changes. Um, mm-hmm. What are some of those and what do they mean um, for the kids? Well, all right. I'm just trying to clarify everything with the rule. Mm-hmm. Um, they came out about three days ago. So basically, <laughs> to cut the, make the long story short, this year won't count for anybody. We're going to play. But as far as your eligibility-wise, it won't count for anyone. So anybody that's in college right now, not the 21 class, but everybody that's a freshman all the way up to a senior, you can get an extra year of eligibility. So what that means is if you got three scholarships open, I mean, you got three seniors mm. and you sign three players, right, those three players that, you, that are seniors, they could come back to school for another year but those freshmen who are committed, they can come as well. So you, you still end up with those, you still have those, you still have those scholarships available. Yeah. So I think I got to get clarification on the rule because it changes a lot. Mm. It could be for one year, you can over, over, over sign. Okay. Okay. And then after that, it's, it's back to normal. Okay. What kind of, what kind of like in, in you guys, locker room. I guess you can only speak for yourselves. What kind of bind does that put you in a bind, so to speak? Or do you see it as a a plus? Like, do you see it as, okay, we can get these guys on campus and still have this and kind of insert them? Or does it seem like a log jam, so to speak? Uh, Kind of both. Because uh, right now, you don't know what your players, what they're thinking right now. Mm. We haven't had that conversation yet. I don't think it's fair to have that conversation right now. Mm. Um, and you got to think about, you know, the season hasn't started yet. I mean, guys are in different places in their career. And with that rule, it, it also means if you're a sophomore on the team, you can be a sophomore next year. So that can ref- that can affect some 23s, some 22s, you know, recruiting on down the line. So um, I don't think it's fair to have that conversation with them right now because you just don't know what they're thinking. So uh, right now we're just on a wait-and-see basis. It could be a log jam, and it also could be – you know, I can give you a scenario of a coach who probably just got to his job. He got a young team, couldn't really recruit during the pandemic. He's like, oh, I got these guys. So, fellas, we're going to go out here and play, and this year doesn't count. All you guys are going to get another year anyway. So he probably won't even recruit no high school kids. He can just have those that same team for two years and won't even have to recruit. So it's going to affect different schools in different ways. So I just think that uh, we just trying to do the best we can. You know, we got to understand that we, this is a pandemic and everything has changed. The recruiting, the visiting, the scholarship situation. I think we'll, we, we will adjust, uh, but it's going to be, it's going to be hard. Okay. Josh, you up. That scared me just now, coach, when you said he might not even recruit some high school kids like that. That, yeah, that I said certain me. schools. Certain right, schools. right. No, I get it. I get it. But shoot, coach, as rare as scholarships is, if one school do that, that's 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 scary because that means kids really need to pay attention and take advantage of their their opportunities. They can't be playing around because oh no, I don't think I I because what it's going what it is going to create and it's going to take a while to work itself out. I do think just from the, 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 the math of it, it's going to kind of create a log jam, you know, because yeah. that's going to leave classes on top. Two of the classes are going to be on top of each other. So, Probably so, three. Probably three. Yeah. If you're a freshman yeah. right now, if you're a freshman right now, you came in and you were planning a red shirt and you can play and still red shirt. I mean, yeah. you, you essentially got five years to play five years. Wow. So, you know, it's going to be some coaches that are going to say, I got a 22, 23-year-old, 50-year senior 
do I give him a scholarship for one more year or do I take this skinny kid from high school and give him a, give him a chance? So, I mean, like I said, I don't want everybody to get super nervous, but I will say every school is in different situations. And also I will say, if you're, if you're a recruit, you're in the 21 class, especially or the 22 class still have time, knock on wood, because everything could clear up and we can have a normal mm. spring and summer so those guys can be seen. But if you're a 21 right now, it's October, what's the day? October oh. 20... October 21st. It's October 21st. Signing period is a month away. If you got a scholarship offer on the table and it's something that you like, I'm not telling you to go somewhere where you don't want to go. Mm-hmm. If there's a scholarship on the table that you like and you can see yourself there and you're waiting on somebody else to miraculously come, it may not happen this year. With that rule, you could get lost in the shuffle. And your options are A, take the scholarship that you have. B, if you don't like that one, you can try to wait on another one, play the high school year and try to send the tape out to coaches. Or C, try and graduate and look at a prep school option. Or D, you know, reclass Mm. and go into the 22 class, which is going to make another log jam for the 22 class. So, uh, it's not over with. I don't want everybody to lose hope. I just gave you four options. Yeah. Take the scholarship that you have. You can go to prep school. You can reclass. Or you can wait and try to play the high school season and send the tape out to everybody that you know around your surrounding area that you think that you can fit into their program. I mean, those are the options that you have. And I think a lot of guys going to fall somewhere in those four categories. I think I've always preached to my players and their parents, court, who's courting you? If mm-hmm. this is who's recruiting you, this is who wants you, you can't worry about who else might come because that you, it, honestly, 95% of the time, they never come. Mm-hmm. They never come. You got, you got to court who's courting you. And um, I think you just said a mouthful, Coach. If you got something now in these times and it's some, something that you like, and you, you, y'all prayed about it, and you and your parents are comfortable with it. Don't wait, don't wait, because I'm I'm a positive person, but I do think a log jam is coming. And the people that wait, it's going to be tougher. Whether you reclass, whether you whether you go to um, prep for a year, it's going to it's going to be tough. So I think you need if you got something on the table and it's quality, and you continue to pursue your aspirations and, and work towards getting a degree. I said, take it. I said, take it. And I'm gonna take it a step further, Josh. <clears throat> and it's not to it's not to to scare them even further. But these are what, what I'm telling you is real and it's reality. And even if it wasn't a pandemic, the other rule that changed starting next year, the one time transfer rule. I was gonna get. I was just about to ask you about the one time transfer rule. You can go and and don't have to sit out. You can go from mm. you can go from College of Charleston to Winthrop and not even sit out. So if you're the Winthrop coach, do I take a dude that's been in the weight room at College of Charleston for two years, done played in thirty some odd college games, bodies developed, been through the wars, good student, good character. There's actual film on him against other Division One opponents. Do I take that versus a kid in high school that may be good, but I may have to wait two or three years to develop? My job is on the line. I need to win. I have an older <laughs> team. Do I see that's the thing that people don't understand? This is a business up on there. Like it's a business. Yeah. It's a job. It's, it's a, a job. job. Yeah. how I feed my family. That's what and that, and that's what people don't understand. Like Oh, he's good enough to play at Clemson. Oh, he good, he good, he good. Yeah, but is he going to help me keep staying a job? That's a big difference. See, it's a business. 
it's a business up here. So to get back to my scenario earlier, that is a tough call for a coach. A two-year guy that's been at, been at college and he doesn't have to sit out. So I'm getting oh. him at 21 years old, or I'd say the 18-year-old who's unproven. That is a very, very tough decision. I'm saying it's tough. To some people, it's like, it's, oh, man. That's a no-brainer. I'm taking a 21-year-old all day. Yeah. Yeah, Coach, you're being nice. It's a no-brainer. And <laughs> yeah, it's, the harsh, it's the harsh reality of sports. You know, and I, I got three sons. And my two, I got I got a 12, a 9, and a 2-year-old. And I tell all of them, even a 2-year-old, bro, if you want to be a competitor, it's, it's honestly, it's sports isn't fair. It's always mm-hmm. honest. And honest isn't always fair. So, like, if, if, if I'm 18 and I'm coming out of high school and I want him to take me over that one-time transfer, that's, like you said, it's 20 and 21 years old, you have to be a monster. you got to be a monster. you got to be a monster. And I'm going to be honest with you, a lot of people forget that college coaches are, are, are fathers, their husbands, their wives, their moms, their aunties, their caretakers. So this is how you – support your family. So you have to make decisions that's going to put you in a position to continue to do that. So the crux of the matter is, are you going to be able to help me to do that? Yes, I'm going to care for you as a person. Yes, I'm going to love you. And you will want everybody to be a good person, but it's real in the field, man. It's real in the field. And if you don't, if you're not bringing anything to the table, they're going to move on to the, to what's going to give them an opportunity to be successful. So that one-time transfer rule, that I, I call that the big boy rule because, like, that, that's going to change the game. So if you're in high school, you're in the ninth grade right now, and you think you can skip weights and you don't have to start working hard to no. your junior senior year, okay. Yeah, okay. That's going to change, change the landscape of everything because it's going to be a trickle-down effect, right? So yes. Yes. the Blue Bloods, if they can go and get – and I don't know, they just they – just, Example, player A at a Atlantic 10 school is averaging 20. Mm. The Blue Bloods can say, hey, I can just take him. Yeah. So that that top 50 kid, that's a place for him. He can't go. So instead of him going Blue Blood, he drops down a level. Then the kid that would have went to the high major level dropped down to a mid-major level. So basically, that kid that snuck in the D one, now he got to go D two. You understand know what I'm saying? It's a it's a trickle down effect, and what it's going to be is going to be like free agency, mm. basically. You know, and like anything, you got to adjust because some coaches are going to just live off all transfers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, until it don't work. <laughs> then they don't say they want high school kids. So, right. I think it like I, I keep I can't say this enough, man. It all depends on the school and your situation. Like if you are if you a team right now that got really good sophomores and juniors, and those guys like each other, and you're a cohesive unit, you don't want to mess that up. You can bring in some freshmen to learn up learn up under those guys, but bringing in another guy, there's a reason why that kid is transferring. A, mm-hmm. he ain't playing. B, he's a problem. Okay. No, but I've never seen a kid who was playing 30 minutes a game, winning, loved his coaches, loved his teammates, and wanted to leave. That's a good point. That's a good point. There's a reason why the kid is leaving. Great point. He either ain't good enough, he either can't do the work, He's not playing as much as he wants, or he's just not getting along in that environment. So when you when you're taking the transfer, you got to take that into consideration as well. Okay, that's that's uh, cause that's like it's. I just feel like that's gonna like that. <laughs> this year has just been crazy. Everything is just shifting this game in a, in a manner in which the kids just really have to understand. I really have to work my behind off and I need to be as close to perfect as I can be to give myself a chance. Because Yeah, I, yeah, I, I feel for these kids, man. You, know, you got to think about it. They're in the middle of a pandemic, down there in the middle of a race war. They yeah. got this election on. They're walking around with masks on. Uh, 
just everything that's going on, man, this past year. And I just feel for him, man. It's just a tough time. I, I just feel for him, man. Like, this is this tough, is Coach. And, and to our parents that are listeners that have kids that play sports, here's my little advice. I'm not going to get all the way on the soapbox, but I'm going to put one foot on it. What can you do to help your kid through this situation? Just that. Like, help your kid. Just love your kid. You, I know it's crazy. We've been isolated. Like coaches said, we've been wearing masks. We've been looking at, like, social unrest, social injustices, and, and, like, it's just been a lot going on. Use this time that we have been forced to stay still to nurture and love your children. That's how they're going to um, get through this. Because, yes, this is going to be a challenge. But if you use this time wisely and really dial in on your kids, what do your kids need? What are the things they need to get better at? What are the things they need to improve in? What can they do now that can set them up for success later? Focus on this thing because we, we live in a go, go, go society. And I do, as a man of faith, I do think the good Lord gave us this opportunity to really slow down and focus on the household again, because I do think we got far away from that. And we've been focusing on everything except the things we're supposed to, which is our children. Heck, that person you call a husband or wife, and, and really take advantage and learn and grow. And I think everything else will take care of itself, because me personally, I, I, as bad as I want to be with my team, um, y'all know how competitive I am. Coach English, I know how competitive you are. But me and my son has just been grinding. You know, it, it just hasn't been the driveway. We've been working as much as we can, and I do think they've closed the gap and put themselves in position to, to, to combat some of the challenges that, that are going to be there that would have not been there because of everything we're going through. So yeah. just take advantage of it. But, Coach, those are some huge nuggets because it's one thing to know the rules. It's another thing to know how to, to, know how how to navigate. Um, Follow the rules and work within those rules, you know, because if you if you could, if you play the game and don't know the rules, you're still going to put yourself in a tough situation. So mm-hmm. that that that's huge, Coach. That's huge. Coach E, what we got next, Papa? All right, man, we're going to go. We're going to lighten the mood up a little bit. Um, there's a question that every guest has to answer when they come on the show. Uh-oh. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, like the bar wide. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Oh, man. My bad. My headphones fell out. What you say, Coach? This <laughs> like the butt wise a hot seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little yeah. bit of a hot seat. It's a little bit of a hot it's seat. It's a hot seat a little bit. <laughs> All right. So you're going to have to think. All right. Now, uh, you need to one game to win. All right. This is the team you are playing against. And you have to pick a five to play this particular five. In Anybody in history in their prime. The five okay. is Kobe Bryant, Magic Johnson. Michael Jordan, Shaquille O'Neal, and LeBron James. You got to get five to beat that five. Say that again. Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, start with the center. Start with the center. Shaquille O'Neal. I'll take Hakeem. Okay. Kobe Bryant. No, give me the power four. LeBron James. We got to beat this team, or are you saying yeah, no, no, you, yeah, five? your five got to beat that five. Whatever five you pick, got to beat that Coach five. Said, Coach said, "Do we got to beat this team?" <laughs> <laughs> there is four more points in them. Yeah, give me Tim Duncan. Okay, so we going to the three now. Mm-hmm. Uh, who would be at the three? Would it be Kobe or Mike? Uh, I guess Kobe. Give me Durant. Okay. You gotta unmute your you gotta unmute your mic, Josh. If you gonna say so. My fault, my fault. I, I said Kobe's gonna be more than three, not Mike. Yeah, okay. Yeah, not give, Mike. Give me Durant. Okay. Michael okay. Jordan at the two. <laughs> this is probably always this is the most fun <laughs> question for me every time. Oh, Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, 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 uh. Damn. Uh. <laughs> I said, damn. Uh. 
D, I'm gonna say D Wade, Dr. J, Harden. Ah, Wade gonna compete. Let me wait. You Wade, and then at the point Wade you got Magic. You got Magic at the point. Ah, Steph Curry and Isaiah Thomas. I got Hakeem, I got Duncan, I got Durant, and I got Wade. I'm going to go with Steph. I need some more shooting. He's Steph. All right, Josh, what you think about that five? So run that five. He got Steph. He got Steph, Wade, Wade, Durant, Tim Duncan, and Hakeem Olajuwon. Damn, coach. I like that five, but I think you dead in the water at the four because you know we got LeBron. At yeah, we got four. LeBron at the yeah, four. Yeah, you, you you went small. <laughs> I went big. We gonna kill. We gonna kill Tim Duncan. Nah, nah, nah. What we gonna? We're not, nah, we gonna we gonna put LeBron. On. He gonna he gonna guard Tim Duncan on the box. But I I agree. Timmy gonna I have agree. to. But Timmy gonna have to guard him on the perimeter. Yeah, but we can we can just we can just you know here's here's what I do. And you gonna call y'all are calling me crazy because y'all don't remember this, but nah, they won't be right. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my choices were Barkley, but you gonna take Barkley or Duncan? I I take Duncan. Hey, listen. Yeah, I mean. Barkley in his prime was was a was a was a mother. Yeah, he was a mother now. And Tim Duncan in his prime was the best power forward ever. He probably was. Yeah, That's, yeah. That, I, I think yeah. I think he was. I don't know Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan. But here, here's what y'all here's what, good here, here's what y'all went wrong. Y'all got two shooting guards on there. Yeah, like, you can't do that. <laughs> Oh, so we cheating. You put two two guards on there. You put a small forward at the power forward. Well, coach, we didn't. Coach, we didn't. We didn't um, limit you to what you could do with your lineup. You, you can, chose to have Tim Duncan in a large one. All right, here we go. All right, I'll change it up. If you want to be like that, if you want to be like that, I'm gonna put KD at the four. Okay. 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 I'm gonna put. Tim Duncan at the five. Okay. I like it. Uh, okay. I'm going to put KD at the three. Wait, hold on. Hold on now. You said KD You got, twice, you got KD at the oh, four, man, and I got KD, KD at the uh, four. Four. Uh-huh. Right? Told you, cheat. He was, yeah, he's, put, he was about to cheat. Still, <laughs> no, still got to be out there. Okay. Okay, Steph at the point. And then I'm going to have... Waiting hard. I like it, coach. Yeah, that, I like that, it. That's one of the better like lineups. It. That's one of the be- that first I one. Like I was shaking my head a little bit. Harden, Harden is Harden is crazy. So he's going to force Kobe or Jordan, whoever's on him, to to defend. Yeah, he's going to force them to defend, and he can shoot the three off the bounce. So that see that changes the entire game when you got a guy that can shoot the three off the bounce as well as Harden does. And I love the fact that you got Tim Duncan at the five because. Tim Duncan was one of the few post players that was not afraid of Shaq when Shaq was in his prime. Exactly, and he could score. He was one of the few, you know, yeah. and 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 he can shoot. He could stretch it out to seventeen feet where Shaq couldn't babysit the rim. So the driving and, lanes would be open. And I just think Wade can compete. Well, Wade Wade's a dog. And Wade's Wade, a dog. Even though he wasn't as, as tall as Jordan, he again he's going to force. He was strong enough and girthy enough to keep Jordan away from getting to any spot he wanted to on the floor. So, I mean, he would make him the work to get there. Could you stop Jordan? No. But, Coach, I like that five. You, you, yeah, you're going to post yeah, double you, magic. We're going to post double magic off of Shaq. <laughs> but when that ball, we rebound that ball. <laughs> you can't leave KD and you can't leave Steph. Okay. Okay. And you can't, you down there can't leave hard. No, you can't. You got three dudes. That everybody on your team can get their shot individually with that fight. Even Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan don't really need a lot of help 15 feet in. Now, who, so what have been some of the teams that people have said? Listen. You, oh, man. We've, listen. Had, we've had some really good ones, but the Lou, you know Lou from the state. Lou Bezak? Oh, my God. my That's he my dog. I love Lou to I, death. I got to go back and listen to it, but it was the worst lineup uh, I heard. My hold life. on. I we think had, I... 
I got it right here. I'm gonna pull it up because Lou's own was I. I we had it. We, we told had Lou. Guys say stuff like. Like, they had KG in there. Like, they felt KG could compete with LeBron. They said Lajuan, KG. Um, um, Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson. I had a team with Iverson and Harden and, 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 and Steph out there. So, it's been some really good looks. No one, but it's weird, though, Coach. A lot of people didn't say Iverson. I think we only had, like, one, one or two people. Yeah, one or two people Iverson. said Iverson. No, not, yeah. not for one game. Yeah. <laughs> not for one game? It's just hard. Yeah, it's hard for one game because – Kobe and Jordan, Kobe and Jordan can sit down on him. Yeah, they can sit down on him and force him to be a three point shooter. Yeah. Now he's limited. I got, I got lose, no. I got lose five out here. I got lose five. Hold on a second. This is the worst ever, Kobe. <laughs> Lou had Tim Duncan, Steph Curry, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, Dennis Rodman, and Jason Kidd. Oh my god! So that's the worst five ever, Coach. Like, yeah, he's trying to Like, I'm not inviting Lou to the show no more because who is <laughs> no, Lou? Lou Bajak, the sports uh, sports writer for the uh, state. Shouts out to Lou. Oh my, yeah, Lou, Lou, Lou. <laughs> he's a good man. He's a good man, and his kids call him daddy. But that, picking picking that was not a very good thing, man. Nah, he's good. <laughs> so we can go again to our shout outs, man. So we don't hold coach up, man. All right, man. Uh, coach, uh, any any shout outs you got, man? No, just shout out to everybody in South Carolina that dealing with this pandemic. All the high school coaches, all the kids, keep working hard, and uh, the hard work will pay off. Uh, this all will be over with soon we don't know when uh but just keep working and your time will come all right coach Staley. hey man um first and foremost shout out to god man you know he takes care of us whether you believe or not um coach appreciate you being on man like i picked up some nuggets i hopefully the listeners will really listen and pick up those nuggets so we value and really appreciate the time that you gave us um same thing with you coach shout out to everybody fighting the good fight you know we will get out of this when we don't know, but keep fighting a good fight. Stay vigilant, stay safe, take advantage. Like I said, take advantage of this time with your family and your loved ones. And, um, you know, just, just, just keep putting left in front of right. Coach G. Yeah, man. Um, shouts out to families and everybody out there. Um, shout out to those people who have voted already. Um, make sure if you haven't, make sure you get out there and get that done. It's an, Important thing, no matter who you're voting for, get out there and uh, let your voice be heard. Uh, Coach Dean, once again, thank you for being on. Appreciate you. Um, definitely uh, love y'all over there at Clemson. I got to come back up there because y'all facility is off the chain. I, <laughs> I enjoyed it over there. Um, but um, we're going to go ahead and get out of there. And, and, and as always, as we always end with, man, keep God first. Everything else will follow. Peace. Peace. Appreciate you, Coach. All right.